Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts welcome to cannabis talk 101 featuring blue and joe grande the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Thank you guys for checking out our podcast all around the world. Make sure you check out our website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we have so many great articles and blogs on the site for you to enjoy. And feel free to give us a call anytime at 1-800-420-1980 and check us out on all social media at Cannabis Talk 101, YouTube, IG. My brother from another mother, Blue, is at the number one, Christopher Wright. And you can always catch me on the gram at joe grande 52 and blue had to step out for this show but you know i'm holding it down like a champ for you guys and i don't know if you're ready to make your own edibles well truffley made offers the highest quality and most affordable tabletop candy depositors and silicone molds on the market it's made in germany and developed by candy makers for candy makers truffley made can help you with your recipe services such as developing or adjusting recipes custom silicone molds and they can come to your facility with on-site consulting and train your team, you guys, with these candy depositors. This is for your home or commercial use. They manufacture over 10,000 pieces of candy per hour. Order yours now at trufflymade.com or give them a call, 619-500-3102. We got my brother Jeff Hamilton in the building, you guys. He's an executive that counsels companies of all sizes in a broad range of transactional matters in the cannabis industry and has founded an entity that helps plant breeders establish their IP rights. Now, Jeff Hamilton is a partner at Pharrella Braun and Martel, Martel LLP, a leading Northern California law firm representing corporate and private clients in sophisticated business transactions and complex commercial, civil, and criminal litigation. Jeff is also the founder of Canopy Rights, a a decentralized marketplace where cannabis breeders can register their unique cultivars and transact business with growers effortlessly, securely, confidently, and paperlessly. If you're looking for a business lawyer, make sure you contact Jeff at fbm.com. That's fbm.com. Also, if you're in the cannabis breeder area and you want to visit their website at copyright.com, excuse me, canopy right.com c-a-n-o-p-y-r-i-g-h-t.com or follow them on ig at canopy rights to tap in with jeff and his people over at canopy right for a better way to do business without further ado jeff hamilton the lawyer the madman and let me tell you guys what's dope about him i don't know if you guys know this connor daniel but jeff right here he's a smart lawyer he comes from pinky up yale university pinky up columbia law school I mean, Jeff. Do I have to put my pinky up? <laughs> I love I you right now, dog. That was, he just did it. Jeff, I mean, when it comes to attorneys and schools and stuff, like, when you tell people, yeah, I, I mean, I, I went to Yale. You're just so humble. You're so fucking like, don't let me get my law degree from Columbia. I mean, you're like, this is the elite status. I mean, it doesn't come up that often. I, yeah, that's why the guys the, like me can't have it. Shout out, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, is there a community of you guys that like, oh, let me see where all the Yale boys are doing business at? Or when you see it, it's like, oh, hey, there's a camaraderie, I would imagine. Just like the USC folks and everybody else, right? I mean, I would assume so. It's not really like my scene, I guess. But I mean, I, I think there's like alumni associations, all, you know, of everywhere. About, but like, I don't really dabble in the alumni. Actually, I haven't been, I haven't stepped foot in New Haven, Connecticut since I graduated, which is like, I kind of, I love that town. Like it's well, a nice and town. How, and how was I that? Just, because when I look at and think of those schools, Jeff, I just think it's the elite and very smart, very like no smoking weed, partying, going nuts and going crazy. We're here to fucking really study and go hard. I smoked weed. Is that- <laughs> I'm allowed to say yeah, that. No, of course. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so Yale, Columbia. You guys, you were smoking and drinking, partying, having a good time. I, I you seen it? I partied and smoked and had a good time. Wow, that's awesome. I, I'm so I don't happy know if that's how I've like describe the, the totality of my experience, but like, but it did go down sometimes. It went down. That's good to hear, because for some reason, I just always feel like these guys never loosened up, and they're just the smarty pants of the college world. No, I've loosened up. Stick around. I'll loosen up. We can loosen up together. <laughs> exactly. So talk to me about what you got going on over there. You've been a lawyer for some time now in the cannabis space, doing your thing. You've been consulting tons of companies. I've seen you around. We've talked several times, and you're doing tons of great things. You've always been doing good things. But now this breeder thing. Yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you for having me back on the show. And this campus is like pretty stunning like you roll in I'm a little nervous I'm gonna be on camera and then it's like everyone's chilling there's a there's dogs running around everyone's smiling you've got the brands the brands on everything this is like a nice spot here I does it feel good feels good to be here and Um, you've been outside already right you've seen the back I've been outside there's a little patio there's a pool table you've got everything right it's not what I'm saying have you you seen the infinity pool on the top right here no. Oh, well, you got to see the infinity. No, that's pool what I'm top. saying. Yeah. I like, you know, I overlooks the I'm, ocean. I'm willing to, I'm willing to settle in here. This is a nice spot. <laughs> where, where are you at, in Northern California? Uh, I'm based in Oakland. Our office is in San Francisco. Um, all right, now I can answer your question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So I, so I started out. I had to pay off my law school loans. Like everyone has to pay off their student loans. So I started out doing bond offerings for a Wall Street firm, and then. I said I was going to do it for two years. I had my little spreadsheet of like how much of my loans I had to pay down before I could leave the Wall Street firm. Um, And then I came to Ferella. I've been I'm on year 10 of my Ferella stint, which is like kind of wild. I never thought I'd work anywhere for that long. But I've been at Ferella for over nine years now. And um, what's cool about Ferella is it's a it's a full service law firm. So we do everything. Um, But they kind of let me do whatever I want when it comes to cannabis. And that's like been pretty magical so i'm i really have like a lot of autonomy to take on the matters that i want to work on do things that interest me and really see the sort of full spectrum of like how the industry is where it's going from a bird's eye view so i started before prop 64 i started doing um some like medical collective work which is like if you're a corporate lawyer, a, a collective, they were all nonprofit mutual benefit corporations, which is like a fancy way of saying homeowners association. So like you've got all these businesses, they're making tons of money. They're set up like homeowners associations. Like what you take out is what you pay in. That's kind of how it works. No one owns it. And then you have to turn them into real businesses because Prop 64. So you've got this novel legal problem that no one's ever seen before. And it's just, it, it started there and it's just continued. You know, every day you got something new. Someone asks you a question, no one's ever, no one's ever answered. So being a lawyer in the cannabis space is just like, it's fascinating. It's fun. Every day is something new. And as you go through that, Jeff, where do you like, do you get alerts of new cannabis laws, new cannabis terms? Like how on top and like, you know, for sports addicts, for instance, right? We're watching ESPN. We're getting all the latest trades, all the latest info. Where do we go for the cannabis lawyers that like to get that up-to-date news, let alone in all 50 states, let alone the country? Um, well, the world. You call me because, and I mean, I, you know, I barely have to pay for it, but like call me, I'll tell you. Um, that was the not very good answer. I think the good answer is like, yeah, it takes a lot of work to stay on top of the regulations. And everything changes constantly. So the rules when we first started aren't the rules today. You know, you had the cultivation tax and you didn't have the cultivation tax. 
you've got schedule one and now it's going to be schedule three and you know all the rules are about to change um you have 280e and then how you structure around 280e and then the irs says you can't do it that way so you got to do it a different way and um everything is constantly evolving so um it's a lot of looking at regulations and you know the consequences of screwing up it's like your client's a drug dealer like uh oh so it's it's a little bit high stakes and everything that you do but it's it's fascinating work and you get to you get to work with cannabis clients who are just like frankly you know more fun than other clients do you have you experienced that because you know you did the wall street so you dealt with your new york fucking high end whatever you want to think it is is what it is or you know it's a total probably different element than being in southern california and then dealing with cannabis folks like it's it's probably completely different as you say better people like it's night and day i mean i love all of my clients like let me just say that if you're my client you're listening to this i i love you i cherish our relationship um you're everything to to my professional career um but when you started working with cannabis clients it was different it was like you know i'm at the grocery store with my kid people talk about their kids more i think that that was like the biggest like the most shocking transition between going from being uh, a non-cannabis lawyer to a cannabis lawyer is like people talk about their families like in your other clients it was like there's business and then there's not business whereas for your cannabis clients everything is just sort of like mixed together it's they like, become friends and folks yeah like, you it's know. family it's community it's sitting down it's like um understanding the, the totality of your client's person and their personality and like what they stand for and that it's not just business it's business and life and that's been like a beautiful thing and that's kind of like why i keep coming back to it you know 2023 was not a good year for the cannabis industry but like uh, i'm trying to hold on to this thing and and stick with it because i just care about all these people that's awesome as you say 2023 was not good in the cannabis for the cannabis industry i want you to elaborate on that when we come back it's cannabis talk 101 we'll be right back with jeff hamilton Follow Blue at one Christopher Wright. Follow Joe Grande at Joe Grande 52. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website, CannabisTalk101.com. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast... Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. I don't know if you guys ever found yourself caught up and need a lawyer, you guys, to help you out, but we got the man for you, our attorney, Mr. Freddie Sage at the Fox Firm. He has over 20 years of experience and has 
Become one of the best-known criminal defense firm lawyers in the state of California with low-level misdemeanors, high-level felonies, all matters in between. The Fox Firm offers a free initial consultation on all legal matters. Call them now, 310-877-5033, or check out his website, thefoxfirm.com with two X's. We have Jeff Hamilton, the founder and CEO of Canopy, right here with us, but I was just noticing a new intern coming in today. What is your name? Nix. Nix, what school do you go to? Cal State Long Beach. Nix, this is your first day here on the job, huh? Yeah, first five minutes. First five minutes. This is Jeff Hamilton. Come closer to me, Nix. Pleasure to meet you, Nix. Jeff Hamilton is the founder and CEO. He's a lawyer. He went to Yale and he got his uh, law degree from, uh, where is it? Columbia. And what do you think of guys that go to Yale or go to Columbia, those high-end schools like that? Do you have an impression of those type of cats? Um... Don't spare my mean, feelings. It's okay. <laughs> I don't. I I feel like I haven't met many people who have gone to like Ivy League schools, but I know that if I had the opportunity opportunity to, I would have taken it. So, would you walk around with your pinky up like I started the show? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've earned it at that point, right? Right. Thank you. Doesn't it feel like that? Like well, I went to Yale. Hi guys, I went to Yale. Like, I mean, I have my San Jose State ring on my finger. You know what I mean? If I had a Yale ring, I'd always just. Walk around with my pinky up. Well, welcome to the team. Thank I you. can't wait to read her name. Make sure you put her name in the, on the list there, Daniel. Son, day one, you're already on the show. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> what, what and what's your major in school? Uh, film and electronic arts with a focus on narrative production and directing. Well, as an RTVF, radio, television, film major myself, and a minor in sociology. So, welcome to the team. It's thank good you. to have you, Jennifer. Thank you for bringing her in. Make sure you check yourself out on the episode, uh, Jeff. We're describing before we got rudely interrupted by Jennifer walking around a new intern around here, but I love teaching these kids. Jennifer these, thought I was an was intern Jeffrey. when I rolled Shut in. up. Are yeah, you the new intern? I just have this youthful energy. What the, you thought Jeff was the intern with all that gray in his hair? <laughs> How are you going to do, my man? Jennifer's probably no, already. But I did, I did roll in like early because I just I got here. You got here early. early. Yeah, yeah, you so just came in from like the Bay, not, right? You yeah, just, I was not. You drive in or fly in? Fly in. Oh, wow. Just so you feel like you just got in and yeah, you're just flying back in, home? Yeah, yeah. That's a quick one-hour flight, it's Oakland. It's a breeze. It's such a nice one, too. It's yeah. so quickly. And you're Oakland rolling airport's in, easy. Yeah. Santa Ana's easy. Yeah, you're rolling from the airport, and, like, every place to eat looks fucking great. Like, I would eat at every single restaurant between the Santa Ana airport and here. And I'm telling you right now, this Mexican spot that's right next to us is so bomb, too, though. It's, like, right next door, and it's... Oh, there's so many good restaurants yeah, around I'm here, I'm really so. looking forward to... The rest of my afternoon uh, yeah as you should brother it's good to have you here but we were talking before we went to break and you said you know let's face it 2023 was pretty hard on the cannabis industry what was so hard in it through your eyes i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things that might change um this year so like 280e you're you can't deduct your operating expenses how, to, how do you run a business like that when you just have this handicap you know you're, it's not a level playing field with other businesses so tax equity i think is just a huge problem. It destroys businesses. Um, getting a bank loan, I don't think anything in Schedule 3 is going to immediately affect the ability of cannabis businesses to get bank loans. But just the the fact that you're not operating on a level playing field, so you have these you have these businesses that are good businesses, solid fundamentals. You know, they have a store, they make sales, they have good products. They people take their products and feel better. And you do everything right. You've got these crushing taxes and you can't stay in business. Um, and then all of a sudden you've got these high interest loans because you can't go to a bank and you can't get a line of credit from Wells Fargo like everyone else. And so you have this domino effect where one person can't pay off their loans and then their assets get foreclosed upon. And then you have this fire sale and then you have, you know, a chain reaction where all of the loans come due and what happens. And then you've got these sort of like, and then you have these giant failures. So you have like, you know, Distro or Herbal and these companies that sort of all of a sudden um, grass door that just can't pay, can't pay their bills. And um, it, it creates these shockwaves. And, it, and it's really sad because you have these people that, you know, supported legalization, did everything right, um, create these great products that everyone, you know, in this building right now depends on for their wellness and they just can't make any money. And um, that, I mean, that really has to change. 
for the good of everyone, for the good of all of us. And as you see this too, from the lawyer's aspect, I mean, you guys are dealing with companies that are coming in, Jeff, and starting off, right? I mean, walk me through what you walk people through. I mean, I, I'm imagining from beginning to end and still continue. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Cause so I personally represent companies throughout the supply chain and that's kind of my passion because it, it gives you this gives you this view of the over, of the industry that no one else has. So I, I don't want to, it's a hard question to answer because what you tell a venture capital farm that's investing in cannabis versus an edible brand that's white labeling versus a cultivation that's like setting up their grow is kind of, they're all different things. Um, but it, operators making good products should be able to succeed no matter what. Um, and there's a lot of things that you have to do because you you have 280E. So you have these businesses that if you structure it correctly, you can certain portions of the business can deduct their operating expenses. Others can't. So um, isn't there's a gray area there, though, where these people are able to do something with their taxes like that? I mean, there, it would have to go to their personal ones or something and say, I use it. I mean, there's got to be some type of gray loop. I mean, the IRS doesn't do gray area. So, no, I guess that's the answer. But. There is way there are ways that you can structure your business that's going to minimize your tax burden. And obviously, if you're listening to the show, you've got my contact information. You can call me and I'll walk you through it. Um, but then there's the just the the nuts and bolts of getting a license. And and we do licensing not as much anymore as we used to, but um, we still we still help businesses get their licenses. And you have to do your local license, and then you have to do your state license. Um, and this process, I, I think most of the times when I talk to like a new client that wants to do a consultation about what direction to take their business in, it's, you know, this is going to take a lot longer and cost a lot more than you thought. Um, is that normally the case for everybody in the cannabis industry? It seems like it's like a contractor's gig, no matter what, like you're remodeling something, the contractor tells you one thing, it's always a little bit more. No, I, I wouldn't say that across the board. I think some people know exactly what they're getting into. And, and you have operators, you know, you've got you know, four dispensaries, you're opening a fifth, they kind of got it down. Four down, I know exactly what it's going to yeah. take for this fifth. Okay, so it's, sense. It, it depends. But I, I think when you have somebody that's just has a passion, you know, people like people like you and me, people that grew up with the passion for the plant and like, it, if you're going to be doing what you care about, you're going to be starting a cannabis business. Um, that, that's the conversation, like, just, you know, buckle up, this is going to be a lot more than you might have anticipated. And, you know, you're going to be stuck reading regulations, like, I, I do a lot of work for winery clients, I do a lot of work for private clubs, I do restaurants, I do kind of like everything. But this, the amount of time for cannabis that you spend reading regulations is unlike any other business. Really? Because it's just, it's so specific. So I'll, I'll give you an example. I have a client who has an extraction process i'm not giving away confidential information here like but there's no cannabis there's no thc in the end product you start with legal hemp that has less than 0.3 percent by dry weight which is you know hemp and then you create gummies that have zero thc so you have to get from less than 0.3 percent to zero percent so client calls me well in my garage there is one point in the extraction process where my less than 0.3% goes to 0%, which means there's some THC. Am I a drug dealer? And like, well, I don't know the answer to that. No one, in, no one in the history of law has ever answered that question before, but there has to be an answer because like you're taking compliant product and you're creating another compliant product. So like, even is it if legal a, and compliant or not? Is it legal and compliant or not? And there's no answer to it, but in every single business that you work with has something like that where there's just this question. It's just, you know, but this is new. You mean only the businesses that you deal with in the cannabis industry, exactly. like the winery businesses, the they restaurants that this. you're dealing with, they don't have none of that shit. Everything's exactly. draw answer, question, answer, yeah. everything that you're going to ask. We have an answer for right. Cannabis isn't that way. Cannabis is, and that's what makes it fun for the lawyers. Um, because it's, you know, you gotta, you know, you you write your emails to the DCC, you got your paper trail and you really think through problems in a way that's different. And the stakes are higher because if you screw up, your client's a drug dealer and like that's a that can't happen. That's got to make it scary for everybody. I mean, I'm you sorry, as a lawyer going, to. yeah, a and then B, I'm paying you to know this. And then they change the law on you and you go like, hey, uh, Joe, I, what I just told you. I'm like, yeah, what up, Jeff? What I just told you yesterday changed. Now the law is different today. 
Well, yeah, and then and then you've got the the more existential quest- questions like, you know, in six months, am I gonna? It, are you gonna only be able to buy cannabis from pharmacies because it's on Schedule Three? It's like, well, I don't, I, where's my crystal ball? I can't tell you. Is that what Chris? Uh- uh, level three drugs are pharmaceuticals. Um, well, that's a longer. I don't know if we have a half hour to go, go into this. <laughs> um, no, I mean the shorter answer is no. There's this the the schedule three. We we haven't seen the regulations yet, so who knows what's going to happen? What's going to be? And then so there's going to be. So all we know is that the Health and Human Services Department recommended that cannabis be placed on schedule three because it's not a schedule one drug, which has no medical, I don't have the statute in front of me, so I don't want to screw it up. Like no accepted medical use and a high probability of abuse. I didn't say that right. So like, don't quote me. Right. Um, But then you have the DEA and the DEA has to decide, well, can we make this move and comply with our treaty obligations? Like, I don't know. And then you have to have regulations and you have to have notice and comment. And then you have to have, the final rules and then you have an appeals and then like so the 280e might not it's probably going to get overturned but like it could be a year from now it could be a year and a half it could be never like we don't we just so you got in the cannabis game early then as a lawyer well (laughs) depends on how you answer that question well as a lawyer yeah yeah, as a lawyer you you watched that that really grow in california you're born and raised in california right yeah i i live two miles from where i grew up in oakland my parents from their apartment they can see my house no way yeah so you're born and raised in Oakland. How born great is that? Oakland. Did you used to listen to our doghouse show when I was out there? Yeah, I was actually just telling um, someone in the room that I used to have it like 94.9 was on my alarm clock. Shut up. Yeah. I actually had this memory when I was like flying down. I had this memory of like September 11th, the morning of September 11th. Like my alarm woke up. It was 94.9 because that's just what was my alarm. And then it was just like people were talking about like the Twin Towers following and like, was it, I don't know if you were. It was dog that. Yeah, that's so funny and random. And like just me thinking like it was like a practical joke. And then like talking to my parents like, you know. something going later, on. It was back, like, yeah. wait, what? This is like not, this is for real. I heard that from a lot of people. And I remember watching it in the studios and being like, and people were like, oh my God, I find out 9-11 through you and blah, 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 blah. So it's Yeah, crazy. it was my alarm clock. I used to have one of those like sony sort of like alarm clock radio right i remember that about you going that's why i knew i liked you even more so i knew you're from the bay jeff i knew it i had a gut feeling when i even walked in i go isn't that guy from the bay like that's jeff hamilton from the bay yes born and raised i'm thrilled to be back on the show i'm so happy too because to me you're always just a solid good dude you get great answers and great advice and you're an amazing attorney and you're always around the industry so i see you at events at functions at you know uh, expo seminars you're about this life i want to hear a story that you could share with people of the craziest cannabis lawyer story of and then this happened, and then we did this, and then that happened. Like, what is uh, one of those? Like, I don't want to. I, I I don't want to give up confidential client communications. Oh no! I don't even know if I can like whitewash well, how about the story. This? How, like, I mean, see, but like something like as a lawyer going, this is what just sucks about the cannabis space because there's no regulations like the restaurants, like the wineries, like. I'm trying to do this and the state doesn't know that because the problems that I see, the state doesn't know shit. Then the city doesn't know shit. And then the city blames the state. The state blames the city and everyone's going who, ha, ha, who? Yeah. And, and then how do we do this? And then they yeah. look at you for the answers. It, and on top of it, there's a suitcase full of cash sitting in someone's garage and they don't know. <laughs> and who's this going to? <laughs> we got this, this suitcase to? full of money that we want to pay to make this happen. Is it yeah. legal? Is it not? How do you deal with those situations? I mean, it's what I like about my job. It's the, it's everything. That's like, let me figure out who gets that money and how we can pay for this to get done and do how much do I get of it and who gets what else? It's the best part of my job. I mean, outside of my passion for the plant and just like the ability of the plant to improve people's lives, like reason number two for being in this industry is because you have these novel problems with uh, crazy fact patterns and I mean, the craziest stories aren't the suitcase full of money stories. It's the we need to do a complete corporate restructuring over Thanksgiving because the, otherwise the company's not going to make payroll. So you're like, those are like all I mean, night are, working. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that those are like the, like in terms of like lawyers, like what's complicated. Like that's the that's the complicated part. Um, but I, I just love the human aspects of it. Really, that's the you know people making medicine to improve lives. That's the. I mean, there That's is the that. Goal. And you're a cannabis breeder with your website, canopyright.com. Yeah, so 
Let me tell you about that. Right when we come back, it's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this break. You want to hear your name shouted out live on the show? Call us anytime. 1-800-420-1980 and leave us a voicemail. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late everyone, there was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the number one cannabis show on the planet. You know what? F*** it. Now, back to the number one cannabis show in the universe, Cannabis Talk 101. If you're looking for better health care at a better cost, you guys, then check out clearwaterhealth.com at clearwaterhealth.com. They are a benefits platform for independent workers and companies that empower them. Did you know that 30 million people are not even insured at all in this country? This impacts the lives and livelihoods of so many folks, you guys. Together, we can do better. So if you need insurance for you or your company, check out the website, clearwaterhealth.com. I want to thank everybody around here that makes this show happen, from Adrian to Amy to Autumn, Audrey, Amir, Mary Magazine, Mondo, Michela, Nix. Of course, look at that. Elizabeth, Teddy the Show Dog, Ice Dog, Zeus, Daniel, Diego, Lupita, Litzy, Logan, Lorenzo, Gary, Francisco, and of course, Carly, Connor, Cam Beach, Barcelona, Brandon, T, Ali Muffins, Hudson, Sunday, OJ, Scoot, OG, Skinny, Ruby, Goldie, Brother Pitt, Mark Carnes, Chris Franquino, Jennifer, Erica, and Elvis as the team grows. I love it. Jeff Hamilton, founder and CEO of Canopy Rights. As he's also a lawyer, you can find him and go check them out at fbm.com. But Canopy Right, Cannabis Breeder. Tell me more about this, Jeff. Yeah. Well, first, I just want to say I love that you give a shout out to your whole staff. Like, and just the you've got like a good boss vibe. Like, I've had bad bosses in my life. I don't have any right now, but like, I've had bad bosses in my life and you give off good boss vibes. Well, let's so see, Connor, that. Daniel, you get the mic on you. How's, how's the boss vibes with talking? Oh, that's Diego over there. <laughs> Diego, you could answer. Diego's one of the new answers. Do you know how to turn your mic on, Diego? Let's see if Diego does. Let's see. And put the camera on you, too. We have an intern working the board right now. I don't even know where Connor and Daniel are. Probably in the corner smoking a a bowl. No more than likely. But put the switcher on number four. Turn your mic up, which is number six or seven. And then answer the question of Diego. How am I, as the boss over here, talking to everybody? Um, hello? You guys well, get me? Yep, he doesn't know how to work the board yet. Oh. Way to go, Connor! Way to leave Diego running the board! Good job! Hit the unmute um, button, maybe? The select right above it? Um, while we're while we're troubleshooting, I can... Yeah. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. Now Connor will just get yelled at later, so that's what's better. I was waiting for him to... Oh, hello? Okay, there oh, we go. Uh, the, okay. Okay. You just need to turn me up. Maybe Connor, you should leave when somebody doesn't know what they're doing and just leave it, you know what I mean? That's better off. Just go, no, <laughs> go ahead. Go do what you're doing somewhere else. I'm sure that's important. Rather than the show. Go ahead, Diego. 
Uh, yeah, other than that, it's pretty Put good. Camera on him. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, Shaggy Jr. and Diego. As he says, cool boss, would you agree with that, Diego, or not? Um, You bust our chops sometimes, but yeah, you're a good boss. Is it busted chops deservingly or not deservingly? No, like when you do it, like we learn, like, you know, there's a reason for it, if that makes sense. So as nice as you see me here, Jeff, you'll see me yelling at these fucking guys like yeah. in a way that's <laughs> like, um, I don't know how to do it in other ways. I mean, I feel like when I go, no, you need to wrap it like this, then there's nothing taught there. So I like to grab whatever they did and throw it on the floor and said, who wrapped this? Who would do something like this? Sounds do you like need you a got- helmet on? That's something like I would do. It sounds like you've got kids. Very- exactly. <laughs> all right. The, so the funnier part is when I do that, though, Connor did, they all like, you're right. You're right. I'm like, okay, then, you know, like, you know, it's even- like, a, it's like a locker room and that's how I grew up with, with sports and everything. So I love it personally. <laughs> He just like it's yell actually, anymore. It's actually like very reminiscent of my dad. Well, that's a good thing. It's like the same thing, but just in English. It's just translated. <laughs> so that's a fun thing. So as you say, nice guy. I just wanted to get their opinions about it. I, I knew I liked because you don't hear me bust their, their balls. All right. I'm just so tell me about this. All right. So Canopy Rate is it's my little passion project. Like I hired a software developer in March 2020. It's like all right, all my this like business concept that I had when I was stoned one day just like lived on my phone for a year and then it was go time March 2020 it's nothing else to do um but the essential premise is that cannabis strains cannabis cultivars should be licensed the same way that music is licensed so when you think about how music licensing works you can like pull out your phone you play Renaissance, you know that Beyonce is going to get, you know, 25 cents. You don't know how it works, but you know, the more often that you listen to a track, the more money the artist makes. When you switch over to cannabis, you, when you think about how grows work, you have to put a metric tag on every single plant in the state of California. And when you enter that tag into the track and trace system, you create a little piece of data that, that tracks the plant. So if you think about an artist like a breeder, um, a, a strain like a song, and each flower and cannabis plant with the tag to be the equivalent of the play of a song, we can invoice for cannabis transactions the same way that Spotify works using data that already exists. You're already tracking it. You already have to put it's a pain in the ass, but like you have to put a tag on every single plant. So like, why don't we treat cannabis plants like works of art? And why don't we compensate? cannabis breeders like musicians so that's, that's what you're doing here with fo- showcasing these trusted leading cultivars exactly so that's 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 the genesis behind this project well you've got these everyone whenever you talk to a cannabis breeder everyone has a story of when they got ripped off and you know everyone says like do you have the x cut and then there's all this disputes and then you've got these lawsuits and like I no, created got, that I created right yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have seed junkie suing cookies I don't know example but there's many examples and it's all sort of like preventable but also you could have a better system that treats cannabis breeders more fairly so you've got this breeder who spent you know five years ten years creating this perfect cultivar you sell one bag of seeds it's lost and gone forever that's your intellectual property rights the person that bought it, they could grow one plant, they could grow a thousand plants, they could grow a million plants. You got so you got paid for that first bag of seed. So, you know, you got paid a couple hundred bucks, you know, great, put it in the bank, but does that really compensate you for your hard work and or your or the commercial production? And then when you think about like how plants work, like why don't we treat cannabis like luxury goods? Um, why don't we treat a cannabis plant, a cannabis strain that somebody worked hard on? to develop for years and years and years to create something that's perfect, to create something that really actually helps people with a specific purpose, specific SOPs. Why don't we reward that work of art, that intellectual property in a way that makes sense because you're, you're tracking every single plant. So there's the ability to do this is kind of low hanging fruit. Um, so, so that's what we built and we, and we put a bunch of like, we, we built it on a blockchain skeleton, um, which is like, pretty cool so you can keep your data confidential and we gave people a mechanism to to define what their cannabis strain is 
by creating this workflow where you can just use an evidence bag and a little QR code, take a, take a cut from your plant, stick it in an, a tamper-proof package with a little QR code, close the bag, and all of a sudden you've got a piece of evidence. It's not a patent, but it's a piece of, it's a piece of evidence of the existence of a particular plant at a particular time. You don't have to send it anywhere. You can keep it in your freezer. It's just it can use it can be used to track the to track the uh, the genuineness and the date and the time and so the therefore and you're, and you're tracking the date and the time and if you want to list it in the marketplace you just toggle a little switch if you don't want to list it in the marketplace you just want to have it as your part of your own per- personal archive i created this plant it exists on january 23rd 2024 here's my evidence of it that i that i that i registered a photo of this sample on the blockchain so that it's you know immutable and you can choose to sell it or not sell it but at least you have this piece of evidence so if somebody says you didn't have that or that's not your cut or i invented it um you know after january 23rd you could say well no here's my proof here's my proof do you guys charge people to be on your website uh absolutely not so there's there's really two main functions. The the first is as an archive, and this is like my passion project. It was nights and weekends. It lived on my phone, and then it was you know I have a full time job as a lawyer, as we've discussed. Um, but I really just wanted to build it as like a a gift, really, and to the industry, just as a way to track your genetics. That kind of made a little bit more sense. Um, if people use the commercialization features, then we charge a $40 admin fee if you negotiate an agreement. And I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but if you're just using it to like archive, this is my this is my plan. I worked really hard on it. I had it on this particular date. We, we don't charge for that. Um, and when you're it's not just the, the way that our workflow works. It's not just the the plant sample. The plant sample is the most important part because what is a cannabis strain? It's it's a plant. That's what it is. It's just you know, and you have your proof right there. And you have your, your proof date, right there. your scan. But we also allow users to say to to list different properties of the genetic. They can upload documents. They can keep the documents private or public. If you label a document as private, no one can see it, not even us. Um, and that's like the use of blockchain here. Um, and you can upload photos. Um, we put together a way to for people to apply for provisional patent applications. We haven't pushed to that yet. Um, but it's really just like a way to say, I, I worked really hard on this. I invented it. If you wanna if you wanna license it, if you wanna use it in your grow, you know, fine. Just create this workflow. So in my practice, um, I've done cultivar licensing deals and it's it's not actually that complicated the legal work it, the the contract is you have to pay for a lawyer or at least you did before we invented this thing but the the legal work there's not actually that many things that need to be decided it's you know rights of attribution branding um, you can create your own SOPs um, but other than that it's not really that complicated of an agreement and so if I wanted to grow you know Joe's Kush in my in my grow. Every time we tag one of those plants, the metric tag goes into metric. We can pull that data confidentially because it's blockchain, so I don't see any transaction records. And we can just send me a bill. I grew 100 plants of Joe's Kush. I owe you 100. It's a dollar plant. I owe you 100 bucks. Um, so rather than getting paid at the first point of sale, sale where you know your tray of clones or your bag of seeds goes out the door, you, it's a pay-as-you-go system that actually rewards the creator based on the level of commercialization so if i come up with a killer strain i can get paid on it forever through this type of system exactly well so the way that we set it up is that you can create a term for the contract so you could say it's two years then if you want to grow it beyond two years you have to renegotiate um but yeah theoretically yeah and and that's really and when you think about it that's fair it's you're the person who created the work of art. You know, if you were a musician, you set it up exactly right. While you said that, it's just like the Spotify's and this and that. This the early days is Napster that was out before, and now it's like, dude, people should be getting paid on these things. Yeah, if and you it, came up with it. If you like, you made the music, you should get paid on it. I and agree. Even, and even if it's only you know twenty five cents, yeah. it's you, you shouldn't get paid if you're the creator of a strain. It doesn't seem fair that the person that commercializes that strain pays you the same amount whether or not they grow a thousand plants or a million plants. 
I think it's awesome, dude. I think you're doing a credit to the cannabis industry, and I love people that are on here. I know a lot of these cultivars, and I love that Doc Ray actually uses his picture on your website of being on the show set here. I don't know if you've noticed that, but look at Doc Ray, one of your cultivators. He has his profile Doc picture. Doc is a joy. He's a- dude, Doc is one of those guys that's just an OG military dude, soldier to cannabis I think cancer survivor, if I'm not mistaken, too. But I just love the dude, and I love what you're doing. And when people say this, did you say there's a pay one, too, for this? There's, if you use it to enter into contracts, like I did your legal work for you, because you entered into licensing agreement, I basically wrote your contract for you. So we charge 40 bucks with it, which is much less than it would cost to hire a lawyer. And then if 40 we, bucks, yeah, nothing, that's good. Right. And, and if we process your monthly invoices, we charge 3% of the invoice as a admin fee. So it, it, it's not really, but we give you the ability to do a one-time contract where we don't really, where we don't track and charge royalties. Um, but I, I think the way that I didn't do this to make money, I, I have a day job to make money. I did this kind of like out of, out of passion. Um, and the, I really think probably most people are going to use it for the, the documentation and registration features. What is the feedback that you're getting from the cultivars that are using this right now? Um, it's a little buggy. So we're just, I it, love it, your honesty. That's what yeah. I mean. That's what I said when you said, I, I love you because why? Cause you're honest. You're like, Oh, it's working great. No, it's a little buggy right now, Joe, to be honest. It, it, <laughs> it's a little buggy, but it's, it's great. I think the, for what we did, um, and I had a staff, unfortunately we don't have the staff anymore because it's, you know, we, weren't able to raise money, but um, we put our hearts into it, and I think it shows with the product. Well, cool. Go check it out, you guys. Canopyright.com. Check it out. You can see the people that are on there, some very well-known people. Uh, I like to do the high five. It's been a long time with people that come in the show. So, Jeff, high five uh, with you. How old were you the first time you smoked cannabis, and where'd you get it from? 15. Sorry, I didn't prepare answers to this. So oh, that's I'm fine. Doing it live. They're just there. I, I yeah. think I was 15. My friend Bob, um, like he we did, he had like something, he called it like a smoke out. And then we went to the A's game. We just like smoked blunts in the park and then like went to the A's game. But I didn't I didn't get high the first time I smoked. Um, which like you you see you see those like videos of like people the first time they smoke and they start coughing and like I was not one of those people. <laughs> like I feel like I have showed like great aptitude for smoking but like didn't get high the first time how funny not at all not at all well i'm sure you have since then where is the what is your favorite way to use cannabis jeff um i have a pax it's great with the kids um i think it changes your preferences because like i i like you know outdoor sort of regenerative soil like organics because you can taste the you can taste the difference between indoor and outdoor if you use like a my dad's a chef too but um yeah outdoor sort of organic flower with the organic flower with the packs really that's your way to get down perfect question number three of the high five what's the craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis when i was 19 i went on like a sort of like i'm just gonna i'm gonna do a crazy trip by myself so i went to morocco for like a month a lot of hash out there yeah, and I smoked hash in the desert with my like tour guide. No way. Yeah, yeah of course it and was the hash. sand dunes. Um, I don't know. There was camels, a bunch of tourists. <sighs> That's so cool. What an experience! Nineteen too to be out there like that. Yeah, I think I was just like wanted to get away. I, I don't know. That's a that's a great time right there. Question number four of the high five: What is your go-to munchies after you get high? Fresh fruit, always fresh fruit. Really? Yeah, anything. And I'm so curious as you mentioned food. I've got a pineapple at home right now, which is like I'm pretty excited about. What kind of chef is your dad? Um, He ran restaurants and then he ran the cooking school at City College, San Francisco. Oh, really? When I was a kid. Yeah. When he had kids, he he stopped doing restaurants because like that. So busy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So then he just taught. So he taught cooking. Yeah. So it was like fun when I was a kid. We could go to the cooking school and like. Try whatever. Yeah, try whatever. Everyone was nice to me because like. The dad's the dean, whatever, of the cooking area. Oh, that's fun. I love cooking. I love eating. It's a good time. Question number five of the high five. Attorney Jeff Hamilton is in the building with us, you guys. Jeff, if you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Um, this is the this is the question I did not prepare for. I mean, I just read the news, like everyone waging war right now. Just like I feel like 
cannabis as a way to find peaceful, to find peace and approach life from a place of peace. Um, and just the lessons of the plant towards goodwill, towards promoting goodwill towards others. I think I would say, you know, that's that's what I would say. You know, anyone who's dropping a bomb right now should, I would want to smoke weed with that person. So you're Putin to the world? Yeah, I think, yeah, I, that's that's my answer. That's interesting. I like that. Because you're right, it could set a whole different vibe. Just imagine what it would do to the vibe. It's so funny when you think about the medicine, what it could do. If everyone would use this medicine, that's at least try it. See if it helps. Yeah. So it I calms mean, down, give it different output. I mean, it may like, not work for them, but you know. I mean, just think about what our lives would be if cannabis wasn't, what cannabis businesses weren't essential businesses during COVID. Think about like how many lives were saved by just people, you know, smoking weed instead of getting drunk. Think about like the police calls that never happened. And think of how many that weren't in the states that were, it wasn't legal. So let alone it helped out the states that were, yeah. the states that weren't hurt. And then you've seen the taxes and the money that was raised from it when it was legal. It's just, it's just so crazy. It's just one of those things you sit back and look at. And I expect even more so being an attorney when you look at it and you look at what's going on from the government standpoint on a daily basis and going, everyone's a freaking liar. Everyone acts like this is going to be the move. Everyone's going to act like they're going to do something. And then they really haven't done anything. Yeah. I mean, I think just the ability of cannabis to allow human beings to approach their lives from a place of peace and love and understanding. Well, we're is, coming on the next election without, you know, people acting like, oh, I'm, I'm standing for this, the green vote, the green vote. And now we're, get, we're running into another election now with, is it going to be this time? Is it going to be the green vote? Really? Are, you know, which one of these monkeys is going to say, vote for me for green, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like they kind of act like it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. And there's still people in jail. And there's that's, that too. I mean, the ultimate tragedy of all of this. A better way to do business, you guys, call Jeff Hamilton. He's the partner at Pharrella Braun. And of course, he's got his Marto LLP and the co-founder, or excuse me, founder of Canopy Right. Jeff, is there anything that we forgot to mention that you'd like to share with the audience before we let you go? No, I, I just appreciate being back on the show. I appreciate everyone in this room. I appreciate you showing up today for your internship. It's great to have a new intern in the building with us today. An experienced lawyer from Yale and Columbia University is interning with us. Thank you, Jennifer, for finding and opening the door for the newest, oldest intern. You're like, fucking, what's his name in the movie? The intern. Uh, El, not El Pacino. Uh, De Niro. Robert De Niro. You ever seen the movie The Intern? That's a very kind comparison. You're De Niro, dog. It. You're the De Niro. It's Cannabis Talk 101. If nobody else loves you, we do. Follow Cannabis Talk 101 on all social media at Cannabis Talk 101. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. And make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.